BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, yeah. Yes, it's time. Oh, man, I'm late and uh, a couple minutes late on the start. I apologize for that. But I sat down and realized that this all-important device uh, was not charged. So I was like, okay, well, we can't, uh, we can't continue the show if I don't get a charger on that. Can't be running out of power. Good morning to you all. It is the 15th of July, 2021. The show comes to you from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. The Eric Zane Show podcast begins now. This is Blue State Rock, hey. and you're listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, hey. a show hosted by a liberal Republican whose ancestry dates back to the small country of Armenia and fueled by bouts of anxiety and adult attention hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD. It's not the best, but still better than radio. Not the best. Anyway, Thank you. here's your host, Eric Zane. Uh, welcome in. This is The Daily Show, where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. I appreciate you so very much. As we get this show going, I'm taking little notes here and there based on comments of things that I need to address today. Rob, okay, the blue state. Rob, uh, Mitchell, tarantula farmer, paintball. That's a good reminder. Johnny Fairplay. You're like, why do I know that name? All right. So on this platform that I post the podcast on, it's really terrific. I've, uh, I've, I've alluded to it time and again. I recently switched from Audio Boom, which is you post the podcast there. And then it spits it out to all the uh, all the apps, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. It it does it for you. You pay for it. 
It's not that much. Uh, 25, 30 bucks a month. And then that's it. And it has been that way since the beginning up until uh, the month of May when I was approached by another platform. And they, you, you get these all the time. Say, hey, uh, sign up for... And I, I finally read one. I finally read an email that says, we offer this, this, and this. And I go, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hear them out. It's nice lady. Uh, we get face-to-face on, uh, on Zoom or whatever. And she explains to me all the reasons why I should take all the things that I do uh, now in podcasting and uh, stop posting it to Audioboom and post it to the platform that she is with. And I'm like, she gives me all these neat little uh, uh, things that make life easier and better for your old pal, Eric. Working smarter, not harder. Somebody said that once. And so one of the things that makes that platform superior is because there are uh, uh, many, many other shows on it you probably haven't heard of that also um, put their shows on there. And um, one of the best ways to get your podcast uh, known is to introduce it to new people. How do you do that? Well, they have this really, really neat thing. It's called cross promotion where you just click on the button on the screen and uh, then all the thousands of shows that they have on their platform are there. And then you just click on any one of them. Let's say you go in the comedy category. You click on the so-and-so comedy hour, whatever the fuck, doesn't matter who. And then uh, a message thing pops up and you reach out, hey, I want to cross promote. Okay, great. We agree. And then you uh, submit a one-minute little promotional announcement. Hey, it's Eric Zane. Now listen to my stupid show. It sucks shit. And then uh, when that show starts, the next time that show posts anything, I've talked about this with Sip Suds and Smokes, that other show. Whenever they go and do a podcast, my ad shows up at the beginning of it. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to go, oh, my God, I got to go listen to Eric Zane. But it does expose you. And if you do, are fortunate enough to get somebody to go, ah, what the hell? I um, I drive all day for a living. I'm, I think I'll think I'll try this show out. You might be able to build your audience a little bit at a time. I mean, we're talking uh, small numbers here, okay? So uh, I did that with the Sip Suds and Smoke show, which is actually a remarkably gigantic show. I I could not believe it, and um, uh. Every day, more and more people would hear the Sip, Suds, and Smokes commercial. This is on the audio podcast only. And, uh, you know, um, them one day of podcasting, and I've, uh, I have all the exposure I'm going to get. It was like 37,000 downloads. And they get 2 million downloads a week, these, these dudes. Holy shit. And, well, I'm, I'm a fucking ham and egger, you know? It took me forever to reciprocate that because... I'm dealing with much smaller numbers, okay? So to be able to hit that, uh, uh, I think it was like, like I said, 30-something thousand. I, I mean, it takes me a little time to get that number to expose the, the same deal, you know? So I reached out to this other show, and I want to do it again on a you know totally different show. And the show is called Reality NSFW. And these guys review reality shows and they describe you. You may have heard it on the audio podcast. There's a commercial place before my show starts. Says, hey, reality NSF. We, we review reality shows like Survivor and Big Brother. 
And uh, we do it in an R-rated way. And you know who's the host of that show? Do you remember from Survivor, the dude Johnny Fairplay? That's the fucking uh, dude who... um, That's the dude who... um, When he was playing Survivor in order to win favor... He said his grandma was dead or had just died. And he's like, I don't know, uh, playing for her. And he got all this sympathy as to how he played the game. And he was just a troublemaker. He was the guy that the show wanted there because he was such a fucking idiot. Uh, Well, all right. So this I reach out to him. I go, hey, uh, do you want to cross promote? He's like, yeah, let's do it. So now... (laughs) For a period of time, when you click on the audio podcast, you're going to hear Johnny Fairplay uh, saying, hey, listen to my uh, podcast. Listen to this headline. December 30, 2020. Survivor star Johnny Fairplay called out for profiting off of arrest and selling merchandise. Apparently, uh, a family member turned him in and said that he was robbing His grandma. Yeah, the same grandma who he said was dead. All right. And he was arrested. Two-time Survivor player and notable villain Johnny John or John Johnny Fairplay Dalton first rose to prominence after he notoriously lied and claimed his grandma died to receive sympathy from his other castmates. However, the competitor later admitted he knew she was alive and likely watching Jerry Springer at the time. Nearly 20 years after the uh, memorable fib, Fairplay and his mom were arrested for allegedly stealing from said grandma. Within days after posting bail, the wrestler, what? The wrestler began peddling merchandise that featured his mugshot. Okay, some of you are like, do I, do I remember this guy? This is what he looks like. That's him. So he gets arrested. Uh, After uh, over 15 years ago, then 29-year-old art consultant John Dalton first appeared on the show Survivor Pearl Islands. During the family visits, the California native cemented himself as one of the most recognizable villains from the series. When he lied and claimed his grandma died to receive sympathy, a story he came up with before arriving on the show. Um, Additionally, the reality star adopted a cutthroat approach and got into arguments with his castmates, turning him into a polarizing character that fans love to hate. Um, While some fans thought he went too far, others felt the lie was ingenious and considered it one of the show's most iconic moments. Popular villain returned for Micronesia, but asked his other tribe mates to vote him out to be with his then pregnant girlfriend. He was also on Celebrity Fear Factor, Pawn Stars, and Dr. Phil. Became a professional wrestler and launched the podcast Reality NSFW. Alongside Survivor Caramon star Matt Bischoff and author Zach Hacker. I don't know. December of 2020. Johnny Fairplay and his mom were taken into custody on a larceny account. According to the arrest warrant filed by, the, by Johnny Fairplay's aunt, 
The mom reportedly abused her mom, Fairplay's grandma, by taking advantage of her dementia. The aunt alleges the wrestler stole furniture, bar stools, an end table, a leather chair, and a silver necklace, reportedly worth up to $5,000 from his grandma, Jean Cook, the woman that he involved in the lie. Following the arrest, Fairplay gave a statement to TMC in which he claimed his mother's innocence. Only a few days after the reports of the arrest surfaced, the wrestler posted a tweet promoting a new T-shirt that featured his mugshot and the phrase, Free Johnny Fairplay. Oh, my God. While several fans think him profiting off the arrest is funny and true to his form, it left a bad taste in others' mouths, blah, 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 blah. So he was selling the T-shirts with his mugshot for 19. It's a not that is not a bad idea. So far, I see nothing wrong with any of this. Oh my God! So there you go. When the when the Johnny Fairplay Reality NSFW podcast starts, your old pal Eric Zane is, is heard. And you know, you know, I've uh, I've made fun of myself being a ham and ager. I think their podcast is even more of a ham and ager because. Uh, whereas Sip, Suds, and Smokes, they just, you know, in one click, they had all the downloads, and it took me forever. It's reversed. I, uh, Johnny, it's going to take him like 10 months in order, to get, in order to get enough downloads right now to be able to uh, pay out the deal. So, But still, promoting the show helps us grow, even if it is Johnny Fairplay. He's got to eat too, right? Uh, Tyler says, Eric, you should sell T-shirts with your mugshot. Not a bad idea. Amanda says, I remember that guy who was an asshole. Tim Kuyper, never watched Survivor. Yeah, I used to watch that. Oh, oh my God, all the time. Uh, In fact, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee during season number one. And there was a lady um, from Knoxville who was on it. Her name was Tina Wesson. She won. She won the whole thing. And everybody was watching Survivor at the time. And everybody wanted a piece of her. And I, we ended up making friends with her and her husband. And uh, she kept, you know, you know um, she, she wouldn't tell what the hell the end result was. She had to keep it quiet, you know. And then um, it came time for the uh, finale. And we were going to have like a big watch party. And she was offered cash by WIVK. That was, that's Gunner's station. Gunner, it's raining dicks and pussies. And so we got froze out. I was so pissed off about that. My God. The free clips, Mark says, should be a little longer since there are ad reads now. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Is Mark, Mark, are you actually bargaining saying the uh, two and a half hour podcast two to two and a half hour podcast where I sit here and monologue for that long because there's a 30 second ad at the beginning of it needs to be longer. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it, uh, I don't know if it works quite that way. I kind of just talk until I'm, I'm done talking. And besides you have the power. There's a button that you can click. Now, I, I highly encourage that on those uh, ones right at the beginning that say, hey, it's Lowe's, Home Depot. I don't give a shit about any of that. I still get two cents a show. When the, but it's the ones that I've sold. I don't want you to bounce ahead on those. 
Besides, something usually stupid happens when I do those ad reads, when I do the ones that I sell. All right, before I go any further, um, this, of course, is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the week. Let me just say this. I had a personal adventure yesterday. I'm going to blue ball you right here. I am not saying shit about this story other than something dramatic happened in the household last night. I was seated right here, and I got a phone call, and I had to drop everything and go tend to it. All right? And um, eventually, I'll be able to tell this story. You're like, why are you doing this? Why are you blue balling us? Well, it's fun. It's just fun. But let me tell you this. Um, it was all hands on deck. And the police were involved. <laughs> You're like, you asshole. Tell us what happened. No, 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 no. I promised I wouldn't say a word. All you need to know is that all hands were on deck and the cops were involved. I'll, I'll say this. Everybody's okay. No one's in trouble. Tyler says Patreon. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, here, here's how you go. Uh, yes, you're hiding behind a paywall. But I don't know. I'll tell you this. This is what I'll do because uh, uh, Jason says you now owe, owe us two epic stories. The first epic story I kind of revealed a little bit. This is what I'll do on the Patreon today. I will reveal the first epic story that I blue balled you about. Okay. Um, the one that Diana said, no, you can't. It's actually been referenced a little bit. All right. So I will tell the story I blue balled you about on today's Patreon. Behind the paywall. The paywall is where you talk shit about people and tell them to go fuck themselves and shit like that. Uh, day made because I see that freaking Jetman is in the house. Motherfucker. Absolute legend. Every time I see his name, my heart lights up. I'm like, yes, Jetman is here. Kenny says, you already talked about that first one. Yeah, but I didn't give you all the details. It's, it's funnier the way I tell it, the way I, I break it down. Kenny, trust me. And not everybody's heard it. Uh, Jetman, um, I'm going to be in the great state of New Jersey in, uh, in a matter of weeks. And I can't wait to tell you about that. Okay. In fact, I think I'm going to get into that here. Um, I talked about it a little bit um, yesterday as the details unfolded, but it is set in stone that I will be with Anthony Cumia in New York City, 4 p.m. Tuesday, August 10th. All right. Part of uh, Compound Media, that is uh, Anthony's uh, podcasting network. He's got about 20 shows. Started with just him. 
in his basement of his house. Uh, I remember when Anthony got fired. I was the guy that said, aha, you idiot, you got fired. You're going to be doing a podcast from your mom's basement. Well, it wasn't exactly that. Anthony has uh, plenty of wealth and a beautiful setup. And then, uh, well, it worked out. And now he's uh, he does his shows from uh, for Compound Media in his studio in New York City. And it turns out that I'm no longer on the radio. I'm doing this from, well, not my mom's basement, God rest her soul, but uh, a dormer above my garage. So turnabout i guess huh and uh here we are um the show who are these podcasts which you've heard me talk about glowingly many many times where they rip on podcasts has developed quite a following uh not only with just everyday joes who who listen and find that show entertaining uh as as uh, carl and his uh, uh, uh revolving door cast listen to podcasts and roast them uh, turns out half a year ago, I was roasted. This show was roasted on that show. And, um, a lot of people who are roasted on that show get butt hurt and they get freaked out. I laughed that worked out because I then kind of established a rapport with Carl. Uh, I was able to help him host a show. It went well. I hosted another show. It went well. And then the right set of ears heard me on Carl's show. The right set of ears in this case was a gentleman by the name of Eric Nagel. E-Rock, who uh, for years was part of the Opie and Anthony show, and now E-Rock, Eric Nagel, um, runs Anthony's network, Compound Media. Helps him set up guests, uh, takes care of a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. He does his own podcast. He still, I think he still works, uh, I think he works with iHeart in some capacity, I think in, a, in the podcasting world. But anyway, E-Rock reaches out to me. He goes, hey, you were funny on Who Are These Podcasts? You should come on Anthony's show. And I go, well, yeah, I'd love to do that. He goes, do you ever get to New York City? I go, well, I will for that. So this is how this is going to lay out. Uh, The end of July. This is really sweet. Um, The 30th of July, I leave Michigan and drive down to Tennessee. I'm actually going to get in Tennessee on... uh, Saturday the 31st. Hike, waterfalls, fun for Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday, August 7th, I leave Tennessee. And instead of going back to Michigan, I'm driving to Jersey City, New Jersey. I'll arrive Sunday, August 8th. There is a, uh, it's just a parking lot. Liberty Marina RV Park is the name of the place. It's the only place that you can park a camper uh, in and around New, uh, New York City. It's, it's an asphalt jungle. It's for people who have an RV or a motorhome and they want to be able to enjoy the city. So you park the damn thing right there. Statue of Liberty, uh, frickin' uh, uh, East River, uh, what's, Hudson River on one side, you know, and there's a, a, a ferry port right there you walk right out your camper jump on the ferry takes you right to the city uh, so i get there sunday i don't have to be on anthony's show until 4 p.m tuesday the 10th that means there is time to hang out with blue state rob Jetman, uh, the duchess of new jersey and anybody else 
from the 105.7. It is a 105.7 The Hawk reunion. Holy shit. You know who we should get? We should reach out to um, uh, some of the folks from 105.7 The Hawk. What's the name of the guy who got uh, fired? God dang it. I, I, I just thought of him, and I talked to him from time to time, but my, I, uh, my brain, uh, Andy, what's his name? Hey, oh, what are you going to do? What the hell was his name? They, they, uh, he was uh, 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 fired unceremoniously. Everybody, Andy Chase, that's it, for God's sake. Got to reach out to Andy Chase. Don't tell him that I forgot his name. Um, he, by the way, he got broom from 105.7 and they just put somebody else on there recently. And I'm like, why, huh? Why would you do that? Um, who knows? So I don't know yet how we're going to do, how we're going to, Kent writes, Steve, (laughs) fucking asshole. Um, I don't know how we're going to do this. I think, I mean, Jersey City is far away from a lot of people in and around the Jersey Shore. Um, I should I should drive down and meet you like halfway up. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, we can stop at Harold's in Edison. All right. If anybody on the Jersey Shore has suggestions about what the hell we're going to do, um... I do want to go see the 9-11 memorial again. Uh, but perhaps, because everybody's, uh, Rob says, Jersey City is fine. Kate says, I can make it to Jersey City. All right, fine. We'll meet in Jersey City. Uh, round up the wagons. And do you want to do it Monday for dinner? Okay. How's that sound? A, a, uh. So that because everybody's got to work and then we'll set up, uh, we'll set this whole thing up and then so that we can kind of uh, break bread Monday evening. Does that, does that work for everybody? I'm hoping it does because I mean, obviously I don't have all the time in the world, but I said, we're going to meet. So let's do this. Let's pencil it in the Jersey city meetup Monday for this whole faction of the Eric Zane show podcast. Yes. Okay. I am stoked. I am really, really happy about this. Plenty of time to set it up. Okay. I got a lot of fun things coming up today. Um, I have uh, comedian Aaron Putnam. Aaron, Aaron Putnam is, uh, he's part of the man, child and Yogi podcast. And I've known Aaron for some time. Uh, Aaron, um, was the dude who helped set me up with the Creeps with Kids show uh, before the pandemic. If you recall, um, yeah, there was a, a crazy, crazy opportunity with uh, Robert Kelly, Jim Florentine, Ron Pennington, and Rich Voss. Those four touring, okay? And uh, they were in the Chicagoland area. And uh, I, I I forgot how the hell I how the hell I got to even know Putnam at the time, but he's a uh, he is a rising star comedian, and he's going to be appearing uh, at Back Alley Comedy Club, 
and uh, I, I'm excited about having him uh, having him there. He is, of course, featuring for uh, Alex Burke. And uh, so he's going to be joining me at 9 a.m. my time here on this podcast. So that is uh, that is awesome. Uh, he's actually been in this studio with me before. So that is awesome. Uh, I'm really happy about that. So there you go. Best of Chicago comedy uh, with Adam Burke. Aaron Putnam is the feature. Now, this is going on in Rockford, Michigan at Rockford Lanes coming up tomorrow. All right. Back Alley Comedy Club. First of all, tonight, Back Alley Comedy Clubs are all over the place. You got Wyoming, Michigan tonight, Spectrum Lanes. Comedian Jordan Garnett is there. I still have tickets for that to give away. If you want to go to that show tonight with Jordan Garnett, just email me and I will hook you up with a four pack of tickets for that show at Spectrum Lanes, Wyoming, Michigan. But tomorrow, Adam Burke with Aaron Putnam, who will be joining me momentarily, who will be featuring the Best of Chicago comedy show uh, coming up tomorrow at Rockford Lanes in Rockford, Michigan. So if you're looking for something to do, nice, cool, air-conditioned, to have a beer, maybe bowl a a game or two, uh, you're going to hear Aaron right now. You can see it. Check out his comedy. And uh, so there's a lot of great things going on. Um, Adam Burke, if I'm understanding correctly, is a busy, busy dude. I mean, we ha- he, th- this uh, this headliner has a lot going on. Oh my God, Adam Burke, originally from Ireland, by way of Australia and England. Long story, it says here. Burke has been performing comedy in Chicago and throughout the U.S. for over 15 years. He's a fixture on showcases and clubs throughout the Midwest and beyond. He's a regular panelist on NPR's popular comedy quiz show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Maybe you're a fan of that. And was a writer for WGN's Man of the People with Pat Tomasulo, voted best stand-up by readers of the Chicago Reader in 2014. Also the winner of Second City's Up Next Comedy Competition. He's appeared at numerous festivals, including the High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver, Bridgetown Comedy in Portland, Oregon, Just for Laughs in Chicago, Illinois, four years running, and the local stage of Funny or Die's Oddball Comedy Festival. Burke also released his debut, Universal Squirrel Theory, his debut album, Universal Squirrel Theory, on uh, what's known as a Special Thing Records back in 2012. So guy's got a lot going on, and he is part of this show coming up Friday at Rockford Lanes, the best of Chicago comedy with Adam Burke, your headliner. We'll talk to the feature, Aaron Putnam, in moments. When I started in radio, you have heard me talk about Joe Volk. In fact, I talked about Joe Volk recently. How did I get onto that topic about Joe Volk? Recently, I discussed my history with Joe, but um, this all comes to us from the old stomping ground, Saginaw Bay City, Midland, Michigan, on the immortal, world-famous Z93. It's a cumulus station now, so it's just a cookie-cutter shell of what it once was, okay? But when I worked there, one really, really rich, eccentric guy by the name of Charlie McIlvaney, I think his name was, McIlvaney, McIlvaney, something like that, 
um, owned the radio station. And this guy used to, this is when the owners of the radio stations would show up at the radio station and work. Owns the company, owns a radio station, and you could only own one AM and one FM at the time. Every radio station had a different owner, okay? And what that allowed and created was diversity on the programming and throughout America. It was illegal to own anything more than one AM and one FM. The Telecommunications Act in the mid-90s, somebody presented a bill that said, hey, deregulate it so that um, corporations can buy all of the radio stations and run them as they see fit. Truth be told, that bill that was presented, nobody even read it. It passed through the legislation with ease, and no one actually read what was in there and how and how what what uh, they were giving the keys to. So what ultimately happened now, however many years later, is you've got all these giant companies and people that don't know anything about radio running the radio stations, and it sucks tons of dick. Here we are. Um, but back then. Charlie ran the radio station. And I'll forget it. Uh, you know, I used to show up there to work. And this guy would walk in. He'd have a suit on. And no shoes or socks. It was just a fucking loon. Uh, and would sit there and work 10 hours a day. Pushing a pencil. Writing orders. Cold calling. Picking up the phone. Working the front desk. Mowing the lawn. Guy has got a suit and a tie on. He rolls his pants up, no shoes or socks, mowing the lawn of the radio station. What the hell? It was in a trailer. Um, obviously, those days are gone, but those are very, very special days to me. And I recently told the story about when I showed up for my job interview with a lady by the name of Connie Shilke because I sent a tape. Hey, I think I can get a job at a radio station. Didn't think it would work. One day later, I get a phone call. We want to, we want you to come in for an interview. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. Fifty thousand watt radio station. Never never earned a diamond radio before. I show up there. I never forget her. She uh, she was all tough, all business. And I didn't know, but I already had the job. Now I thought the tape sounded like shit. She goes, "Hey, I listened to your tape. It sounded good." I go, "It did." Are you crazy? What the fuck? And they didn't care. They just needed bodies there. They just needed people to fill the seat. Midnight to six, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. You know, there's no such thing as automation. You got to actually play vinyl records and and uh, and 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 taped material, taped songs and and CDs. They they were like, hey, yeah, we're a cutting edge radio station. We just got a CD player. True story. Not kidding you. And they were those home Morant's garbage ones that nowadays, if you were to actually buy one, it cost you about thirty bucks. And back then, they were like $5,000. The laser would burn out a day. You just throw it away. Oh, no, what do we do? Um, uh, and I'll never forget it. She says, okay, you got the job. I go, I do? What? Just so you know, we don't hire part-time part-timers. Don't call in. Oh, I won't, ma'am. I won't. Oh, couldn't believe it. Um, all right. Fast forward years there, working my way up from overnights on the weekend to overnights during the week to nights to middays 
and then I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go into some entirely different field. I've told you the story before. I know, but worth, it's worth repeating because then the boss calls me up. He goes, "We want you to try mornings." What? Yeah, with with Joe, with Joe Volk. Well, he has a partner. Yeah, we're gonna fire him. Guy's name was Mark. Mark Arturi. Nice guy. Just a little, it, it just didn't work though. Whatever reason. For whatever reason, they're gonna they're gonna shit can poor Mark. The Mark and Joe show. In fact, back then, even before it was Mark and Joe, it was Two Men and a Babe, which was a, a play off of the, uh, there was a movie out of the time with John Travolta and some other idiot called, wasn't it Three Men and a Baby or Two Men and a Baby? I think it was Three Men and a Baby. It was in a Steve Gutenberg, Travolta, I don't know. But these idiots named their morning show Two Men and a Babe, which actually is kind of clever if you think about it. Um, the babe was not a babe, by the way. They ended up firing the babe. And, uh, it was a pretty popular show, but then they're going to fire Mark and put me on. And uh, Joe and I, now Joe was the driving comedy influence on the show. I didn't have any chops whatsoever. I couldn't do anything, but I, I could pull off voices. So we'd write these fucking bits and then I'd call them up on the phone and do these bits with Joe. <laughs> And they're stupid, but they worked. I had a character called Cecil. Cecil, hey, I spell it with a Y. Cecil, and I spell it with a C. Who, who lived in a box. He was some drunk guy who lived in a box, and that was it. You know, just, I know it sounds ridiculous now, but back then it worked, so fuck you. And then I did this impression of Dirty Har- uh, Ernie Harwell. I called him Dirty Ernie. It was a big hit, and uh, I've talked about that before. And so, uh, you know, there we, there we were, doing our stupid show. Well... Uh, eventually that, uh, that, that ends. Joe is going to be on my show right here on Monday. I haven't done anything with Joe since April of 1998. This is going to be epic. I am really excited about this. Truth be told, I was pissed off when I left Joe for various reasons. Doesn't matter now. Go figure. Eric pissed off at somebody. We didn't speak forever. I moved back to Michigan with GRD, and I don't remember exactly the uh, circumstances, but I did speak with Joe on the phone. So we kind of laid that to rest. But we didn't, we weren't like, we hadn't like palled around or anything. Recently, Joe had a health issue. Uh, a, a mild stroke is, I think, how he described it. So I reached out to him and uh, spoke with him. And uh, he's still, he's still, uh, he is, by the way, he's a great salesperson. And um, Joe's a strong talent. And uh, he, he got, a, it, I give him tons of credit because he stayed in the business for the longest time. And he had all, he had none of the qualities that most radio people have to survive. None. None of them whatsoever. He had a, he has a horrible voice. He knows it. But for some reason, the fucker hang around, hung around forever. It, it dries up. He's out. Now he sells uh, marketing plans for a very successful baseball team in, um, in Midland, Michigan, called the Great Lakes Loons. So I just, uh, on a lark, I reached out to him uh, just yesterday. I said, hey, you want to come on the show? He says, yeah. I go, oh, fuck yes. So on Monday at 9, for those of you who remember uh, Joe from the Joe and the Poor Boy Show, this is the first reunion of the Joe and the Poor Boy Show. And, you know, the poor boy was a name that those assholes at Z, it was uh, this crazy bitch by the name of Nancy Diamond who decided to leave the name poor boy. 
on the sign, which I'm like, you fucking idiots. Well, what's that? Why? I'm leaving. That's me. Yeah, we feel we can just put anybody in there. Smell you later. I'm like, well, that's stupid. So some poor son of a bitch takes over. And yeah, now I'm the poor boy. And like, what the fuck? How would you do that? So, um, and there were several, several poor boys over the years. I can't wait to talk about uh, that with Joe and just get reacquainted with him. Uh, you'll be able to see it live. Okay, so Joe and I will be face-to-face on the live stream coming up on Monday at 9 a.m. on this show. Can you believe that? Um, It's just I'm a little bit bummed out that there's so many years between us that not everybody can appreciate, um, you know, about what he was, what he was all about. Jason says his health issue was how you told us about him a while ago. Okay. I guess I might have said it. Yeah, he had a stroke. Uh, Jason says, that's cool. Can't wait to hear some war stories. Sam from Cheers, not Travolta. Sam from Cheers, Tom Selleck? Wait. Travolta was not in Look Who's Talking or no wait no that's what it was Travolta was in Look Who's Talking uh dudes with baby he was not I I don't know it doesn't matter what the fuck why are we getting bogged down with that oh god ladies and gentlemen please welcome back to the show the multi-talented Cardiff Electric Cardiff Electric says, so now you're going on Kumia to crap all over John. You traitor backstabbing. The full wrath of the stuttering John army is coming. No, I don't don't go there with any intention of anything. I'm just fortunate to be able to to be on the show. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. But thank you for being here for day number two. I'm very lucky to have any audience pay attention to this shit show. Um, Chris says, would you ever have comedians back on the podcast? He said at 831. Did you used to do that when Back Alley first sponsored? Sponsored? Those were always fun listens. Well, well, I, you know, yes, today is a day. Um, obviously, we could not do that with comedy kind of being uh, deep sixed. For the entire time during the pandemic. But uh, being that it's coming back now and Back Alley needs a kick in the pants. That was the point. If you remember, I said to Don, I go, you get, I said this to him a long time ago. When he was getting no business, his bowling alleys were shut down. He could do no comedy. I said, you get free marketing until you tell me that you don't need free marketing on the show. So this is what we need to do. In order to move the meter for our old pal Don, it's extremely important that you attend his comedy shows. Okay? Uh, Like today is Jordan Garnett at Spectrum Lanes in Wyoming, Michigan. Tomorrow, the best of Chicago comedy with Adam Burke featuring Aaron Putnam at Rockford Lanes. On Saturday, Jordan Garnett is also at Rockford Lanes. Okay? And of all of my sponsors, Don is the one who is the pet project, who we really need to lift up, okay? Don needs 
audience for his shows. Because when people populate Don's shows, this is what happens. First of all, the comics are happy. Okay? The comics love performing in front of big crowds. All right? There's nothing worse than being a comic. And there's nobody there. All right? And being that Don is just trying to get on his feet, and don't forget about the fact that uh, Funny Business yanked the rug out from Don. All right? That was a fucked up thing and now he has uh is left to pick up all of the pieces on that and he's doing it he is hustling and grinding so 7 30 tonight spectrum lanes wyoming michigan for jordan garnett tomorrow the best of chicago comedy with adam burke featuring aaron putnam rockford lanes holy shit go 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 see a comedy show get out do it all right So there's a lot of things I'm excited about. Tomorrow on the show, the multi-talented Allison from Harbor Humane will be here on the show for a 9 a.m. start. There's a great event coming up next week where they raise money for um, their organization, Harbor Humane, which, uh, oh boy, that is, uh, that's a, that's, that's a big bill to take care of all of these, um, Orphan pets, if you will. Dogs, cats, critters, you name it. Uh, Harbor Humane has been a big part of the show for a long time. I'm looking forward to having Allison, the multi-talented Allison from Harbor Humane, back with me. All right. Uh, How to get this show, for God's sake, thank you so much for being part of the live stream of the Eric Zane Show podcast. You can get it on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page. It's brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid. Please share it. Please thumbs up it. I appreciate that. Okay? The almighty YouTube is brought to you by My Policy Shop Insurance. MyPolicyShop.com. Eric Zane Show on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Bell notifications. Thumbs up. You're cooking. Twitter. A Periscope video. Brought to you by Blue Frost IT. Online at BlueFrostIT.com. The number one ranked managed IT tech company for service in West Michigan, bluefrostit.com. Retweet the Twitter video, the Periscope video on Twitter with a snarky comment, and you will make me happy. Say something mean. Let me have it. And then, of course, the audio podcast on all of the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, you name it, Stitcher, all of them. You can find it right there. If you would, I know it's asking. I mean, these are all things you can do that don't cost you a dime, Okay. Sure, I'm always looking for people to sign up for Patreon, but whatever. You know it's there. Either going to or you're you're not going to. Fine. But you can do all these things, and it helps and doesn't cost you a dime. Subscribe to as many of my audio podcast platforms as you can. And boy, does that help. Thank you so much. Okay, so that's how you get the show. And the live stream in the open brought to you this time around. By Sarah Honda Granville. That's S as in Sam, E-R-R-A. Sarah Honda Granville. For a brand new Honda, certified pre-owned Honda, or a used car, you can get it at one place. Sarah Honda Granville. And you know, the car buying process has changed entirely. Back in the day, you show up to a car dealership. You're interested in a car. The salesperson has all the power, okay? Nowadays, it's all in the power, all the power is in the hands of the consumer because the dealers know 
that with just a look on your mobile device or your computer, you can see competitively what else other prices you can get the same car for reasonably, even in the same area. So what that means is the price in the window is the lowest possible price. This takes out all of that craziness that you have to endure when you're haggling and it's a uh, hang on. Let me go talk to my manager. You can still try it. I mean, who knows? Maybe you can pull a rabbit out of a hat, but you are getting a low, low price. All right. And Honda vehicles are some of the best vehicles in the world. The resale, the resale value stays higher for Honda vehicles than other similar vehicles from other companies. Okay. They're the best. Sarah Honda Granville has an entire compliment for you to check out. No matter what you're into, go check out the selection in person or online at Sarah Honda Granville. Online at sarahhondagranville.com. All right. While I'm at it, not all dumpsters are created equal. All right. You're like, what are you talking about? In West Michigan here, Emilio and Kyle, they are the owners, operators of dumpster divers. If you need a dumpster, maybe you're downsizing, you're moving, you've got a job, you're remodeling something, you need junk removal, whatever it may be, this is what you need, a dumpster from dumpster divers. It's going to cost you less, it's going to take up less space, and you're helping a sponsor of the show. Okay? They price their dumpsters, well, everybody, when they deliver a dumpster to you, they're... um, what you're paying for is the weight that gets dumped into the landfill. And, of course, the service of dropping it off and picking it up. Now, when it comes to the weight, uh, you go to any other company then and rent their uh, rent a dumpster from them. First of all, it's going to take up your whole driveway. It's going to have low walls. It's going to occupy a lot of space. The dumpster diver dumpsters were all custom made to be high walled, more of a box, occupy a lot less space so they can get into a tight area. And the weight limits are priced at a lower threshold. Because those dumpsters that you have from the other companies, you're never going to reach that amount of weight anyway. Basically, you're paying for something you will never achieve. Okay? If you pour concrete in there, maybe. Otherwise, you're not going to hit that weight limit, but you're still paying for it. Dumpster diver dumbers, uh, dumbers, dumpsters are set at a lower threshold. You're not going to hit that mark anyway. And then they dump it. If you do hit the mark, you're going to be pay. Are you going to be paying uh, uh, for a prorated amount of trash? It's still less than the threshold that you would have hit otherwise. That you won't. That you wouldn't. I can't even believe I'm even tr- attempting to explain this. I'm doing a horrible job. You get the idea. Dumpster diver dumpsters. Uh, you can find them online at dumpsterdiversllc.com. And please mention to these guys that you heard about it on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Okay. Before I get to this next thing, I need to get a drink of water. I'm dying, and I've got plenty of podcasting left to do, probably at least another hour. So in order for me to get through this, I needed to uh, take a drink. Okay, Everybody's falling for the trolling. First off, okay, no, I'll talk about this when I come back. I'll talk about when I come back. Cardiff Electric is just making every, driving everybody crazy, and it's hilarious. Hang on. All right, I'm back. Dummies, it's a troll. Quit engaging the moron. Whoever this person is, if you say, you suck, go away, that's going to validate them and make them, whoever that is, keep trolling you. What are you doing? (laughs) He'll punch himself out 
okay? The only, the, when you feed a troll, trust me, I love being fed, because I'm a troll. When you feed a troll, they want to keep trolling. That's how it works. All right? Look at all these guys. It helps me either way. Patronix says, I'm having fun, Eric. Don't ruin it for me. Ah, all right. If you guys want to do that, go go ahead. Enjoy yourselves. All right. Um, boy. I've got about a few minutes till Aaron gets here. Aaron Putnam, the feature, featured at Rockford Lanes. Rob says trolls are like Kenny. The more attention they get, the more needy they get. You know, Rob, you can't go and take a run at Kenny out of the blue like that. I would never dream of doing anything like that. That is horrible. Kenny, don't put up with that shit. By the way, um, we're going to hang out with Tennessee audience members again, okay? Uh, I think we met halfway last year, okay? So um, we should do that again this year when we're in Tennessee. But what a productive week and a half that's going to be. Go to Tennessee, uh, hike, enjoy the outdoors, go visit with Zaniacs in Tennessee, and then uh, do the Kumia show, visit with Zaniacs in New Jersey. I love it. If you remember last year, uh, during the pandemic, at about this time, in fact, it was just over a year ago that I met with you guys. Um, uh, side note, Sarah Rugruck Roosh is going to be in Tennessee as well, visiting. So hopefully she'll be able to be on this uh, with us too. Hopefully we won't kicked out get, or get kicked out because of her gigantic mouth at whatever restaurant we go to. And I'm wondering if she's going to bring her better half, Brad. I think the guy hates me. Uh, Hopefully another magic show from John Midgley. I hope so. That was the event where uh, I took pictures with the Zaniacs. We were all in a group. And I had been on this podcast uh, much more. um, We were talking a hell of a lot more about the pandemic and mask wearing. You know, that was a very uh, fluid situation changing every single day. And on the podcast, it crept into a lot of the content. And a lot of the audience, I I shouldn't say a lot, some members of the audience um, were really put off by it. They, They did not like it at all. And um, when that all happened, just me saying whatever the hell I wanted to say about it, and then I went to Tennessee and I took pictures with Zaniacs, that was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back to that piece of shit Jim Brady. Do you guys remember Jim Brady? He was such an asshole. This fucking thin-skinned dick. Uh, regularly would go on Zaniacs United and just say some of the most ridiculous shit, all this political bullshit, and throw it up there and start fights with everybody. Everybody. 
and it was getting really, really bad. There was uh, the reason why it was so bad was uh, was people like that, and there was all sorts of. Uh, Zaniacs United was was no no longer fun because of people like Jim Brady. So I reached out to him. I'll never forget it. I was in um um what do you call it Los Angeles for for kidney work, and I said, hey, do you think maybe you could dial that back a little bit? And he got butthurt about that. And he said, well, I already quit listening uh, because of what you did. And I go, what? What's that? He goes, well, you were talking about the pandemic and telling everybody uh, that they, in your opinion, they should do this, that, and the other thing. And then you went to Tennessee and you went on a vacation and you went to hang out with Zaniacs and there was pictures posted of them. So uh, that was too hypocritical for me. So I quit you. I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? What? A, first of all, dick. At the time, there was no, there was, uh, we, we were simply following the guidelines. We didn't break any rules whatsoever. So he was accusing me of being a hypocrite. What an asshole. I hated that guy. And he's out. Fuck him. Holy shit. All right. I'm getting lots of uh, people reaching out about the lady duct taped to the seat after trying to open the plane door. And I have not yet covered that. I think that that will be a uh, Patreon thing today. Looking forward to the Patreon podcast as always. Uh, I got a lot of feedback about my dad on Dear Meathead yesterday. Um, him talking about the pedophiles. Holy shit. I even posted that special for people just uh, isolated so you can uh, listen to Dear Meathead. Uh, wherever you download the audio podcast. Garrett writes, uh, so many good meatheadisms from yesterday. I'm glad I sent the question. The question he sent was, should pedophiles be allowed to have a podcast and pretend they are normal, or should we just put them on an island? Signed. Well, he wrote signed anonymous, but it's Garrett. (laughs) And that that actually is... uh, that's actually based on a true story. All right. I'm waiting for Aaron. Uh, he's supposed to be on right now. As of right now, he's late. Hold on a second. Let me send him a text. Should there be two A's in the name Aaron? I'm ready for you anytime, period. Click the link. I hope this isn't screwed up. All right. Rob says we all know it's Kyle. Come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Sean says my credit card expired. It wouldn't let me update like months ago. You talking about Patreon, buddy? Well, I don't know. Get a new credit card, dummy. Okay. While I sit in limbo, I hate this. Let's move on. NFL star Richard Sherman. Let's get into this one. I had an idea that this guy was a lunatic seven years ago. I felt terrible for Aaron Andrews in this moment. 
okay? The Seahawks had just beaten the San Francisco 49ers. Sherman was thrilled with his performance defending against receiver Michael Crabtree. Aaron Andrews walks up to him after the game. This is this guy's response. Let's send you down to the field and Aaron Andrews. Joe, thank you so much. Richard, let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to set it for you real quick. If you're a fan of anyone, how do you remain a fan when they talk like that about themselves? Now, when I talk about how great I am at karaoke, I know it sucks, okay? I would never dream of, I mean, if I was good at anything, I would never dream of really believing those things, even if I did believe those things about me. Uh, I would never brag like that in that form. How are, how do you remain a fan of someone when they talk like this? Let's send you down to the field and Aaron Andrews. Joe, thank you so much. Richard, let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. Okay. Anybody who says, well, I'm the best corner in the game. Saying that is so fucking ridiculous. Well, I'm the if I were to say, yeah, well, I'm the best podcaster in the game. Well, it, it's not true. He actually is the best, was or is or of all time, I guess, one of the best corners in the game. But who fucking says that? When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. Fuck. Now, who knows what Crabtree did? Maybe he's an asshole, too. But why? I mean, God. Fucking awful. That's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Okay. And then he says, don't you ever talk about me. And he's talking to her. And now everybody in the room who's watching this is like, wait, why is he yelling at Aaron now? And and she's front. She doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And she's like, who's, who's, yeah, who's, who's talking about you? And then he's got to say, and he's screaming the whole time. Don't you ever talk about me about you who was talking about you crabtree don't you open your mouth about the best or you i'm gonna set it for you real quick l-o-b all right before and joe back over to you he walks away walks away he just leaves her hanging all right joe back to you l-o-b legion of boom wow absolutely horrible Why are we talking about Richard Sherman? Well, you know, if you look back to that, it kind of makes sense. He had to be taken down by a police dog in a fight with cops before his arrest. He's apparently driving on the road somewhere in uh, Washington State. He's in jail right now. Well, he might have posted bail. Who knows? He wanted to go kick a family member's ass. I'm not really sure yet. Maybe I'll find out when I uh, break this down. Uh, And he was driving to go kick some ass. And then he got in a wreck. 
And then, okay, hold. And then he ran away, and then he ended up getting to the house, and then there was an ass kicking, and then the police dogs there, and all sorts of shit. My God. This is crazy. Future Hall of Famer Richard Sherman was arrested early yesterday morning in Washington for burglary domestic violence and has been denied bail. 33-year-old free agent booked into the King County Correctional Facility in Seattle at 6.08 a.m. and was sitting behind bars. Burglary domestic violence is a felony in Washington State, can carry a lengthy prison sentence if convicted. Uh, at the time of that writing, the details weren't clear, but then they started to unfold by 10.20 a.m. Pacific time. He was taken down by police, by a police canine, after trying to break into a family member's home in Redmond, Washington, before the arrest on Wednesday morning. This whole incident went down at 2 a.m. According to a spokesperson, cops showed up to a residence in the Redmond area after receiving a phone call from the people inside of the home who claimed that a family member who did not live there was trying to break in. Cops say they showed up. They said, hey, that's Richard Sherman. And then he became uncooperative and combative during questioning. Sherman fought cops so hard they had to let the dog out. Who let the dogs out? To take him down. Cops say he was taken to the hospital to be looked at for possible injuries before he was eventually booked at the county jail. Boy, you know, uh, I've, I've been bitten once or twice, and it's the worst. Talk about a feeling of helplessness. They're a trained, and that was just Daisy, fighting with uh, uh, Kira, the foster dog. Can you imagine? You got the cops. How? What a feeling that is as a cop. When you're like, all right, let him out. You open up, and that dog is in the back seat with those ears up, and he sees shit going down, and his feet are moving, and his tail's wagging. He's like, oh, man, let me out, let me out. And the cop goes, all right, motherfucker. You open up the door and go, get him. And the dog takes off like a bat out of hell and goes after Richard Sherman. If you're that guy, son of a bitch. Oh. Whew. That is uh, that is a world you do not want to be in with a, a police dog running to big-ass, mean, motherfucking German shepherd that's looking at you like a chew toy. Oh, yes. Mm. Dumb fuck was taken to the hospital to be uh, looked at for injuries. Like I said, uh, there's more. The Redmond PD spokesperson tells uh, the Wash. Okay, the Washington State Police, they're also involved. Sherman allegedly crashed his vehicle into a cement freeway barrier before he scrapped the car and went on foot to the home. Uh, they're also investigating him, for, uh, investigating him for a possible hit and run and a DUI after that crashing of the car an hour or so before this all went down at the home. So basically he shit faced a hit and run incident happens on the road. The car won't drive. He gets out of the car and heads off on foot towards the home. That's where this all happens. He gets there, tries breaking into the home. Like Richard Sherman, his fucking asshole family member. Who knows if this is a girlfriend, husband, husband. Maybe it's a husband, dad. So I don't know. Police show up. Police dog there. 
Cops say Sherman hit a barrier in a construction zone on a highway at 1 a.m. and then still drove the car despite popped tires away from the area. Then abandoned the vehicle at a local parking lot. Ooh. Police did obtain a warrant for blood work to determine if he was impaired. The dog bit the shit out of him and cut his leg. His car was severely damaged. One of the wheels completely off, nearly completely off when they found the abandoned car. He continues to be uh, uh, in jail as of yesterday afternoon. Last update was at 2.19 yesterday afternoon when they said uh, that would be 5.19 my time. Cops had a meeting with reporters to shed more light on the incident. They say the altercation all went down at the home of Sherman's in-laws. Who knows? Maybe the wife was there. Maybe he is a domestic. He's got to have. I mean, he's got to be a spousal abuser. And she was. Who knows? I'm putting it all together in my brain. Uh, Maybe he she was concerned about him hurting her. And the wife was in the house. And then this piece of shit's banging on the door. Officials did not, however, reveal a possible motive for why they say Sherman was at the residence trying to gain entry, but they noted at least two cops and the NFL players suffered minor injuries during the arrest. Well, there you go. I knew it. I fucking knew it. And everybody has loved this guy. Everybody has kissed this guy's ass for years. I remember when that clip came out. Let's send you down to the field. To me, I hated this guy from this moment. Let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or I'm going to shut it for you real quick. L.O.B. All right, before... And, Joe, back over to you. All right, well, we saw... Wow. I knew it. I knew that guy was an asshole. You can, and then I remember, I, remember, I was talking about in Freeburn Hollings, and uh, I, I seem to be getting lukewarm responses about how much I hated that. I was like, come on, aren't you with me? No, I, I got the impression that, that I, I was alone on that. And then as years passed, it's like, oh, yeah, he's so smart. This guy is great. Oh, my God. Ah, fuck him. This guy, holy shit. Richard Sherman, good luck finding a new team. Joey writes, Richard Sherman is the exact reason why the NFL needs Tim Tebow. Too many guys who make millions and then make dumb mistakes. Well, I wouldn't say that that's a mistake. I would say that's a malicious action. It's a hell of a lot more severe. Dumb mistake is wrong turn or, you know, something like that. It's not a dumb mistake. That's a malicious action. It's true. The NFL doesn't need people like that. These fucking felons acting like idiots. But uh, I'll tell you what. I'll go halfway with you. We need a guy like Tim Tebow who has the, uh, you know, is a, is a good human being as, as far as we can tell, who's actually good at football. Tim Tebow sucks at football. We all know that. Colin Kaepernick would be a better tight end than t- than Tim Tebow would be. Have you been following that? This guy hasn't played football in forever. 
and he thinks he can uh, he can be a tight end now in the NFL. He's learning a new position, and he thinks he can be a tight end. My God, what an idiot. All right, let me try this one more time because uh, I uh, made this big sell for my man Aaron Putnam, and uh, I don't know where, they, where he is. What, I hope he's okay. Feeling this is not going to work out. Mm-mm-mm. Sometimes these comics, they don't like the morning. And uh, the reason why I bring that up is because um, initially, I can't get to the phone now. Initially, the plan was um, best of Chicago comedy with Aaron Putnam and Adam Burke joining Eric live in the podcast. Now, one thing that does not jive with comics is AM, anything in the morning. In the old days, comics used to have, have to come into the radio station. In fact, Aaron's been here with me. The one good thing the pandemic brought was Zoom, which I did not even know was a thing prior to the pandemic. I guess it had been around for, for a while, and I did not even know that. I mean, that was a, a, a seldom used thing only in like the business world. Now it's a staple. Everything is done via Zoom, okay? Even if, we're, even if there was no pandemic, if it, suddenly today it ended and there was no one sick, Zoom would still be the way it's going to be done, okay? Comics hate going into radio stations or doing any type of promotion in the morning. So then uh, as we're leading up to this week, uh, he's like, hey, can we do a Zoom? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm all about that. Let's do a Zoom. All right. And then uh, he goes, okay, 7 a.m. my time in Chicago. I go, nope, 8. And he goes, even better, even better. That's good. I go, all right, yeah. It'll be 9 a.m. my time, 8 a.m. your time. And then I get the old, hey, man, uh, I'm, I really appreciate this because, you know, Don's getting back on his feet and I want to do comedy in front of a bunch of people. It'll be both of us. We'll both be on your show with you. I go, that sounds great, man. I'll be here. Looking forward to it. Going to talk with Adam Burke, your headliner, and then Aaron Putnam, the feature, to promote Rockford Lanes. Yesterday, I get this. Hey, Adam's not going to make it. Why not? Ah, it's tough getting him up in the morning. You know, you fucking, you, you're, it's like your children, okay? You are grown fucking adults. Your job is to get in front of people and be funny. And part of that is you got to tell the world about you, all right? It's called publicity. How the fuck can you somehow not have the right skill set to be able to hit alarm and get your fucking ass up. Wake the fuck up and go promote your fucking show, you fucking fuck. So then here I am, promoting the shit out of Putnam. You heard it all. How much time did I spend talking about how fun this is going to be? 
what the fuck? Here I am with my dick in my hand. Chris says, hopefully everything's all right. Sean says, you're promoting it right now. Yeah, I know. I got to do something. I want fucking Don to succeed, okay? So help me God. I better see later on today. Yeah, I'm in the hospital. I got in a head-on collision when I fell asleep at the wheel. I better see that. Because if I see, oh, man, I overslept, you motherfucking son of a bitch. Wake up! Man. Uh, Jason says, see if you can get uh, John Heffron and John Reap on. Well, I'll try. I would love to. Fucking A, comics. Wake up! Yeah, you should wait till you find out if he's okay. Bullshit! Bullshit! All you do is you let him have it, and then if it gets fucked up, then you apologize. Or don't say another word about it ever again. That's all you do. You roll the dice on that shit. Oh. Chris says this is going to be awkward. Truth be told, if he showed up right now, if I because I'd see him, you wouldn't. Let's see, dude, what are you doing? I was just ripping you a new one for fucking sleeping in. How the fuck? I, if I see his face show up there, it better have uh, like an eye patch because one of his eyes got ripped out and then a bandage all the way around his head with like blood oozing through the gauze or he's missing an arm or something like that. You know? Damn it! So frustrating. All right. So now I'm in a pissed off mood for the rest of this show. And you know who that's good for? You. You. Okay. I'm podcasting with Ben tomorrow. The Ben and Eric Patreon podcast is going down. If you want in, sign up on Patreon. You can enjoy it live and be part of the live audience. We do a live audience on that show via Zoom. So I'm looking forward to that. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Five or ten bucks a month. The audience members on the live stream are predicting that I am going to start dishing out timeouts, which I can I uh, recently discovered. I think that's a YouTube thing only. Where I can uh, put you in timeout. I don't think I can do that. Uh, via Facebook. Yeah, I can only block you on Facebook, and that's that's like a permanent thing, and I don't want to do that. Um, Tio says, I must make it in for the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast today. It's not today. It's tomorrow. We're going to do it tomorrow. I'm driving tonight. Limo work tonight. All right. I need to break down with you the annoying discussion that I had with Bleeding Heart Brian. 
Now, Bleeding Heart Brian has been part of this family forever. He is well aware of what I do. He is well aware that everything is a stupid troll or a joke or whatever. And this is a perfect example of when I say something and you laugh at nearly everything I say, I could make some terrible crack out of whomever, some undeserving person. I could say something awful and uh, any person could laugh. And then this is an example of then when I say something that hits close to home, then suddenly what I do is not funny, you know? And I'm like, hey, everything I'm throwing out there is tongue-in-cheek unless I say, hold on a minute, I'm dead serious here, okay? And that goes for uh, me just ripping on Putnam. Yeah, it's annoying they didn't show up, but am I really pissed? Do I really want him to die? Well, fuck no. Come on now. Shit happens. Whatever. Not the end of the world. My point is, this is all from the, hey, it, when, it, when it leaves my mouth, I forgot who said it, Bill Burr? I think it was Bill Burr. When it leaves my mouth, it's not my problem anymore. It's your problem. Okay, this is a comedy show. This is me uh, uh, elaborating, pontificating, a stream of consciousness uh, thought, uh, you know, just doing my thing. So, all right, what the hell? What happened? Now, Brian is a sweetheart. He's a great listener. So it caught me off guard when he's listening to the podcast driving across America. I disagree with you on dementia. Now, for some perspective, this is what I said. I was talking about my dad. Now, it was after Dear Meathead. And uh, or before Dear Meat had something like that. And I said, you know, uh, he's hilarious because I'll say to him, uh, Dad, uh, you're going up north anytime soon. And he goes, oh, no, I'm not going. Why not? Uh, take it day by day. I go, well, we had a good time in May and July when we were up there. Now, him and I were together. And he goes, what happened? I go, what do you mean what happened? He goes, did you did you go up north? And I go, yeah, I was I was with you. You and I were together. Oh, and then I said, I go, you see, dementia is hilarious. Dementia, uh, of all the diseases that will ultimately claim someone's life, dementia has a hilarious function to it. Now, of course, that's a fucking joke. There's, there's, then that's the point. You put it on its ear, fatal disease, calling it hilarious. And then the other side of that was, I said, wait a minute, hold on a second here. When, it, when you compare cancer to dementia, dementia is way funnier than cancer. Now, who the fuck would say that? That's a joke. It's a stupid thing to say. That's the point. No one would say, I love dementia over cancer because it's more hilarious. That's the joke. Okay? D Dirk uh, says, wait, give Brian a chance. Maybe he thinks cancer is the funniest disease. This fucking idiot who knows exactly how I operate writes, I disagree with you. This is when it's, it's all, everything's funny until it hits close to home. This fucking asshole. I disagree with you on dementia. That took my grandmother's life. 
and she couldn't remember who her oldest child was, even though she was the one who took care of most of her needs. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? Are you serious? You asshole. Ah, she couldn't recognize that husband that her husband had passed away, even though he was laying in state next to her at the funeral home. She was asking every few minutes, did Pete pass away? Very sad, not hilarious. I truly hope your amazing father never gets to that state of dementia. Fucking idiot. I wrote, dick, it was a joke. Of course it's terrible. Jesus, go to bed. I know it was meant as a joke. Some things just aren't funny, no matter what the angle. And I wrote to you. Do you email Jerry Seinfeld when a joke doesn't land? Get the fuck out of here. That's like saying COVID deaths are terrible, but this or that is funny about it, so it makes it less terrible. What the fuck? And I wrote, good night, Brian. And he wrote, I can't go to bed. I have to move America during the overnight. Yeah, well, yank the wheel into the embankment, you fuck. What the fuck is wrong with you? Stop wrecking my jokes. Ah, Son of a bitch! The fuck are we doing? <sighs> Man. Uh, Jason says, if you got to explain it to one person, it ruins it for the rest of us and wrecks the joke. Thank you, Jason. Of course, no one in the right mind would say, hey, dementia's funny, you fucking idiot. The point was, out of all the disease, dementia is the most hilarious. It beats cancer by a lot, you dick. This all comes back to the people who, as Nick writes, and these people actually know you. Apparently not. Brian's a P1, which is the term. Okay. Putnam just said, hang on. We're, we're going to kick his ass. Oh, he's dead. He just texted me. He said he'll be right with us. Um, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you people who, the people on Facebook who, when I make posts uh, about dirt people saving the day on the stupid ride and the, and the carny thing, and then the stupid whore who eats the hot dogs, if you, who then gets so fucking butthurt. And about the things I say on here, son of a bitch. <sighs> ben Glaze in the house, ladies and gentlemen, thebenglaze.com. Check out his podcast, Balls Out with Ben Glaze and Brett Hayes. Ben says, everyone loves the movie The Notebook. Let's make, a, let's make life a little more like that. Bring on the beautiful love story and the memory loss. Shut up, Ben. Dean says, remember, sadly, that Brian can vote. Hey, keep it up, Brian. Keep it up, and you're going to make me vote Republican again, you dumb dick. What the fuck? Frank Jude Fuss from My Policy Shop Insurance. Your no-cost insurance broker, who, by the way, gave me some great news, and he just wrote that he got a referral from the show. 
That's one. I need two a month for him to be happy. And he's a ball breaker, so don't fuck this up for me. How about that? Let me get into that. MyPolicyShop.com. If you buy insurance from the marketplace or you're getting close to having to sign up for Medicare or you have a loved one that is doing that or about to, you need dental insurance, you need to save some money, you got to invest, you need life insurance, that's the guy. And oh, by the way, it doesn't cost you anything. Why are you not calling Frank Jude Fuss? Online at MyPolicyShop.com. He's an absolute awesome dude. And this guy is a hustler. He works it, man. He grinds all hours. 616-914-4070. 616-914-4070. So when you buy insurance in the marketplace, you're like, oh, what do I do? I'm lost. This seems incredibly intimidating. I'm not sure. I fell victim to that. Year one. I bought the wrong policy, went the whole year, couldn't even see my doctor, okay? Because the marketplace says, yeah, you're good to go. I wasn't. Um, Frank goes, okay, am I your broker? You go, yes. And then you go, how much are you going to, is this going to cost me? And he goes, nothing. You don't pay me. The insurance companies pay me. So why the fuck would you not do this? I cannot stress enough how much this helps. This year, I went from a bronze policy to a silver policy, which isn't the best, but a hell of a lot better than bronze. And I kicked tons of ass. Thank you. So thank you very much to Frank Fuss, mypolicyshop.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I see right now in the waiting room the almighty Aaron Putnam who I just spent significant time ripping a new asshole about being late. So, here we go. Dude, I'm so fired. <laughs> yeah. I, I run the light on stage. I'm late. No, dude, I, um, I, I had an animal issue this morning. Um, have you ever been woken up? Waken, awakened awakened uh too early and yeah then you fall back asleep because you're pissed off you got a cat up your on your face not a good cat <laughs> not a good uh, kitty uh and uh then i fell back asleep and i feel so bad i'm so sorry it's okay I, I forgive you already what have you been talking about you <laughs> oh god well <laughs> What a weak, what, wait, what a weak middler I am. And my no, in the no, shitter. it was not like that. It was like, I did, I did extended time. It was a oh. long rant and this is how it went. I went, let me explain something to you about comedians. First of all, back in the day, they used to have to show up in person, radio stations, some oh. dude's house. Okay. And that's, that's tough. That's not easy to do. They're usually owls, these people. Yes. And, then, and then the beauty of comedy is, and the pandemic is zoom made it. Right. So we, we don't have to do that anymore. And they're still sleeping away their careers in their bed and missing great out. And I just, I'm killing you. I'm like, ah, oh, this fuck. I was this killing. Guy, <laughs> it's got, who's going to show up and who's going to show up now? Oh, oh shit! I'm usually so, pretty punctual, actually. But anyways, thank well, you. it was no, no, no. It's fine. And, and what's funny is because I set it up 
Um, I was like, you know, it's bad enough that the headliner Burke doesn't have the wherewithal to actually get his ass out of bed on a zoom to talk about his show. Oh, the thing is, he's like a certified genius. And so they, they don't wake up until like, you know, they wake up in a different way. You know, they have, to, oh. <laughs> they're on their own thing, you know, but then he just kills on stage. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I've been talking a lot. Uh, about uh, about what is going on and uh, and the the best of Chicago comedy tour is coming to Rockford Lanes here in West Michigan, so that's cool. Um, I think that with comedy getting back, you got Thursday tonight. In fact, um, uh, Jordan uh, Garnett is going to be at Spectrum Lanes, and then you and uh, and Burke are going to be at Rockford Lanes uh, with uh, with Don Veltman trying to uh, find his way get back into comedy. Take me through. I mean, Jesus, what, what have you, how has it gone for you, man? Have you, tell me about all the things you've had to do during this pandemic. Well, when it started, um, I got asked to do all these zoom shows and I told them all to take a hike because I'm, I'm just not that kind of comedian. Like I can't, I mean, God bless the guys that can, can write, can write jokes like that and just, you know, just throw them into the, into space like that. I mean, I don't do it. I saw someone do one with their, with like a fake microphone or then you know then some people are just doing it with their hands you know if you've done late night i guess it's a little easier but um you know that's all gone anyways but uh so i skipped all that and i started doing some private gigs at rehab so um you know people that just came off heroin they're good audience members wow, uh, wow this i thought it was a joke you actually went in because you are recovering like like me we're both in the same yes, boat I'm, I'm in recovery so i got lucky like five years ago with um someone saw me at a show at zany's and they came up to me and they said i'm the clinical dr- director of a rehab and um we like to be progressive so instead of like giving them finger paints or like you're a tree you're a tree you know like they, they want to give them something else so i came up with this like uh <laughs> yeah so I came up with this uh, uh, kind of a little AA thing for you, a fourth step kind of dig into your guts a little bit because that's where the funny stuff is anyways after you get through the tragedy. So teaching them how to write a premise and then I'd perform for them. So basically what I was doing was I was giving myself like 30 minutes on stage a week doing that and then I was planning these events. So like on a Friday night, I was going to Indiana Center for Recovery. I went to... Um, just a bunch all over Illinois, some some out, out west, like all over the place. So that's turned into something. And I bring other comics that don't necessarily have to be sober, but at least uh, talk about, you know, drugs and alcohol in past tense or how bad they were or whatever, you know. So that <laughs> Aaron Putnam comedian who is late as fuck. No. That's that's <laughs> fucking sweet. You know, it's cause you know what's funny is um whenever there's a speaker meeting, um I love those because these people get up there and they're telling their life story and, sure. and it's, it just crushes. It's fucking funny shit. It's so good because they always tell it like, you won't believe this next part. And then, and then some of the shit, no, not all of them are like that. You get somebody who's like, Oh yeah, there's, they're, I mean, it's sad. It's, it's, it's somebody who's hurt, but occasionally you'll get somebody up there who I think, I think there's talent in that type of storytelling. Don't yeah, you? Maybe I, I'm looking at these comments right now. These people are mean. Oh, they're all fucking idiots. Oh my God. Could this guy be any more boring? I'll smack him. Who, Mark C. <laughs> who's that? 
I don't know. Yeah. When you, I'm sorry. I command. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I command comedians still working during these soft times. You got to navigate through the storm of your snowflakes in order not to get canceled. Okay. He, he's actually, he, he likes you. Yeah. Okay. If, he, uh, if he's into women waking up with a cat on your face, can be great. That was a joke for the person of Mark C. It said, <laughs> I wake up with not a good pussy on my face. So that was a bit right away. Fucking- Dude, I just spent significant time just before you, because first I beat you up, and then I beat up an audience member. who yeah. I, 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 this, this was the bit. I was talking about my father. And of then we'll course get- he vapes, he says. Yes. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, sorry, sorry. No, uh, listen to this. I was talking uh, about my father, and I, uh, the, the bit was this, because I bring my dad on the show every uh, Wednesday. Now, he's 87. He's got dementia. And I was talking about when I talk to him from time to time, it's hilarious the things he forgets. And then the bit was, I go, I tell you what, uh, of all the things that are going to take someone's life, dementia is the most hilarious. It's, it's fucking, about- it's a lot funnier than cancer. It blows cancer away. Well, d- and then, you know, dude, the best, the best thing, I mean, dementia, seriously, I mean, I've seen someone go through it where all the, all the dogs in the cellar come out and they say things like, oh, I didn't know that you were you were gay grandpa so the navy the navy was better than you than than you said huh yes there you go mark c yes so i say that and one of my diehards is a p1 listener his name is brian he's known as bleeding heart brian i get this i get this seriously worded i mean this guy loves everything i say i took that was that hit too close to home and this i'm like you fucking asshole what the fuck is wrong with you Fuck you! <laughs> oh, it's, it's constant. Oh, okay, that God. okay, that was funny. Now he's back. That's just this is how this is how sensitive we are as comics too. I'm just so triggered. I wish I was on stage right now. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I can't. I just whenever I post anything, like I uh, I I'll, I'll get a lot of great feedback, and then you get some people who then they don't like the joke. So what they do is they say something personal about me. I'm making a joke, and then they get so pissed because a lot of my jokes I have to publish on Facebook or I'll yeah. say on here, and then yeah. people lose their shit. It's like like, you fucking asshole. And it's because they all have the nerve to do that because they're not in my face. At a comedy show, it's a little bit because you could kick their ass right there, you know? Oh, I, 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 lo- I, lo- I love a good heckler in the audience. I, I mean, I, I dig deep right into their feelings. I mean, I, I kind I find out exactly what really bothers them. I can see it and I just crush them. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but it's all in good fun, you know? Just, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's no, but I was late. Mark's right, you know? Well, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get a little, this is a tough crowd and, uh, and I give it to them hard every day. Yeah. And, and this, and these are the diehards, the one that watch it live. Cause I, I'll pu- everything we say here, will publish for the audio podcast. The majority of the people who get the show, get it from there. But yeah, gotcha. the fact that these people sit down, watch, listen for two hours every single day these yeah. are these are the ones who do it so yeah man. Uh, God, I'm, God bless uh, I'm, i i love them i'm thankful for it if i didn't have them I, i'm very fortunate and i've said this before to be able to go from radio and then um still be able to earn a living because 20 years ago 10 year, years ago you just couldn't do it it was just right. impossible so yeah i mean you you did the radio for a long time right 
Yeah, a whole real long time. And yeah. um, Voss and those guys still talk about when he sat them down. Didn't didn't Voss like fart during the thing or something? He did. Uh, it, it was he is boy, what a character. Talk, uh, about a, talk about dude. I was just on the road with him. Talk about a grumpy fuck, dude. He roasted somebody in the audience. Like his comebacks are so quick, but like, dude, he's he's he did an hour and twenty minutes on a show on a Thursday. Holy shit! And I was like. What are you doing? He goes, I was killing. I was, I was killing. <laughs> I was like, dude. He goes, are you hungry? I go, I, I, I was yesterday. I mean, now it's, I mean, it's tomorrow. I mean, I, no. He's, I a, he's an incredible comeback. Uh, I mean, considering where Rich was, to be even alive, I think. Oh, is, dude. Yeah. Dude, I mean, and he cares a lot about recovery. I don't want to make it all about recovery. But yeah. He, uh, we did some shows together and uh, some live shows a couple, like last month. And then he came out to a rehab and spoke there. And, you know, the guy's done well his whole life. He's, he's worked really hard. I mean, anyone that goes on the road 48 weekends a year, you know what I mean? Um, I love his podcast because I love what Bonnie says to him. I love when she just says, shut the fuck up. You know, I mean, oh, she's it's really good. I really enjoy that show. I mean, they love each other dearly, but yeah, she can, she can, their, their kid will roast anyone harder than that. I mean, uh, Raina is probably the funniest person I've ever met. I mean, like the, the, her kid is just hilarious. I mean, raised, being raised by two comedians with that much sarcasm. I mean, it's insane. You, um, how, how would you describe what you did for that show? You were a facilitator for the Creeps with Kids tour. Uh, You're okay, in charge well, of everything with Robert Kelly, Jim Florentine, Ron Bennington, Rich Voss. How, yeah, you? well, uh, you know, I put on a producer hat for that show, and, um, you know, we made some good money. And the problem was, you know, the venue, I show up there, and this fucking <laughs> drug addict sound guy shows up, like, nodding out and going, like, you know, like, Hey man, it's not my fault. I don't know what's wrong with this soundboard. And I said, and I and I just, dude, we had to have this. We had to have this, the the lights on in the auditorium because oh. there was no stage light, and then we had this dim ass spotlight that would be like you couldn't see. I mean, and uh. you see it. so they're all stressed out. But me of all people, I'm the one that I get blamed for losing my shit. All of a sudden, Bobby hears me like. You mother! I said, I, I go. I swear to God, if you don't get these fucking and Bobby's like, Aaron, calm down. I go. You're telling me to calm down. You, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, uh, uh, in terms of showbiz, doing a show, there's very particular things. You want the room dark. You want the spotlight bright. And just very basic uh, logistic things that have to go down. And in this particular theater in Chicago, it was a shit show. Yeah, and 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 the prick that owned the place, uh, he he flipped my money. And and paid us in a, a month later. So I I you know I paid those guys so they you know didn't ruin my reputation or whatever. And so I said I basically it was about Christmas before he paid me. And I was like I'm gonna come to your house and I'm gonna ruin Christmas, you white devil. <laughs> this, you know this kid he's like this clean cut like you know oh I'm a good guy. I'm like no you're not. You took my money to pay you know, insane clown posse that you had the month before. Cause I know how it goes when people flip the money. Yeah. So oh, look at this. Look at this comment. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Give us a hard time. Uh, give us a hard time. But we also understand it comes from a middle-aged, middle-aged guy wearing a flat brim ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go Yankees to you cunt. <laughs> Fuck you. That is uh Dirk in Clearwater, Florida. Is so. he, oh, he's down there in Florida. I hope somebody yeah. eats your face off on a 
ounce of Rohypnol. <laughs> Florida, man. I was I was just down in Miami. I mean, even in Miami, you can just feel that someone's getting murdered. It's it's like it's just maybe there's nice parts of it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. But safest you know. place is a nursing home, maybe. Um, um, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah, I mean that that tour was gigantic. How did yeah. you get wound up in that? I mean, that's really spectacular. Well, well, I mean, I mean, I, I've been opening for Bobby for a, a bunch. I've been doing a bunch of shows with Bobby for a year, like three or four years. Uh-huh. And, um, so it was kind of his idea. And then I was like, you know, I, I'll take it. You know, I, I took on Chicago and we tried to do Michigan, but uh, Mount Clemens uh, is where the Emerald Theater was. And that yep. didn't that didn't do as well. It did okay. You know what I mean? But it's just like, um, you know, these ONA fans and stuff, they're, they're in certain parts of the country and ONA is a long time ago. And even with Ron's reach, you know, Mount Clemens, if you know that area, it's like, you don't get the real, the money's on the other side of the highway and it really divides into like a kind of a shitty area. And I don't think a lot of people want to travel for it. So, well, all right, we, we got through it, but, um, I don't know if they're going to do it anymore. I'd love, I'd, I'd love for them to do one more in Chicago, but you know, I uh, got to get everyone together. Everyone's got to, the band's got to be on the same page. Have you been following um, the progression of Opie from Opie and Anthony? I have not, man. And I, I feel like the whole thing is kind of just dead. You know what I mean? I mean, it, 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 there's very few of us <laughs> left that appreciate it. So, yeah, I don't know anything about it. I really don't. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's been he's been podcast. Well, there's a there's a podcast called Who Are These Podcasts, which I talk about a lot. And right. Those guys, I don't know if you've heard of that show, they end up, they, they review podcasts, right. just a guy named Carl, who's from anywhere USA, and he's gotten to be quite good at it. And a lot of famous comics have started to really like him. E-Rock from uh, Opie and Anthony's show okay. uh, has become an ally. And so has Anthony. Anthony has become a big ally of the show. Right. And Carl has been reviewing Opie for extended time because Opie's apparently losing his fucking mind. Yeah, that's and, possible. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, they, they all kind of are. I think it's, it's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, my God. Like, yeah, I don't know. Jim and Sam is just a different thing, and yeah, I don't know, man. But uh, um, can I want to get back to working with uh, vulnerable people in that environment, like in rehab and things like that, yeah. and about telling stories when you have those uh, meetings where people tell their life story and things like that, because yeah. th- does, does yours have a moment that if you, when you're telling people about it, they go, Oh my God, this is killing. Do you have any of those moments? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause you know, my, my, I have a whole hour that's like all about recovery. So, I mean, I mean, I have jokes that are really just true stories about things about, you know, you know, you know, you know, getting off Suboxone or like, you know, you know, you know, I'm getting, you know, waking up in a Walmart parking lot, you know, just different <laughs> shit, you know, so they're going to laugh about it. Some of them do. Some of them are still, you know, I call it the frozen pineapple. You know, if you talk about an audience, it's hard to get. If you read a room, you walk into a room of 35 people that just came off hard drugs. They're like, try to make me laugh, motherfucker. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah they, they do appreciate it, though, and they appreciate the, you know, people coming out and doing it and whatnot. So I love that. I love all of that. And, um, you know, I think once you get to, um, once you get to that point and you chisel off that exterior and then you have a conversation afterwards, you're having a smoke outside or something like that. That's it's the meeting after the meeting to me that, uh, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, the media. The, yeah, we. I was doing a lot of those during. Zoom. I did do a lot of those during Zoom with um with some comics. We were doing like a, a meeting, and then the parking lot meeting was like just fun roast fests, talking about. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Because then you know you get someone that comes up to you too and just says like, I like what you said, and you know I went through that. You know, because there is a real serious. I don't want to take any of the, you know, it's it's serious shit. You know what I mean? But you know, I'm coming up on. Uh, on an on a anniversary and it's like you know it took me a long time to get to a place where like i'm not gonna pick up you know what i mean you know uh, how many years have been for you uh, it'll be nine uh august 8th Tw- i hit 25 in june hell yeah you congratulations to you nine years uh, nine years that's great yeah dude man congratulations to 20 that's big man it's good oh. it's, it's, you know and that's why i still go to meetings because you know you meet the newcomers and do all that stuff and those those people keep you sober just by remembering how, you know, you came in like hammered shit. Now was look, it? You can you can show up late for meetings. <laughs> was it? Was it your? Did you have a significant other that got you to the point? What? Uh, uh, you know, I um, at, I was uh, not with my wife, but um, we. It's uh, you know, I I I held. I called it holding hostages. You know, what I mean, I I I was with a woman that says I I stole this best seven years of her life you know because as an addict you always want to keep somebody around you need them for you know you you use people you know yeah i mean dude yeah i had some tumultuous relationships you know things that amends that are never going to happen some people you know this one person hates me more every year like a fine wine she gets it's like she ages like a fine wine she's just like it's like no yeah yeah even this year it's better it's it's more there's more rage (laughs) just because they, they just can't believe that you know, I have this one guy that was like, he was like, oh, glad you're doing better he, on social media. He's like, glad you're doing better. Uh, where's my $200? You know, like people are mad. You know, they're just like, there's some people are just like, I thought he was dead. You know what I mean? And I'm like, do you want me to be alive? I mean, I, mean, I don't think anyone wants me dead, but I mean, yeah. no one's really losing any sleep that I'm sober or, you know, no one's going yeah. oh, sober, you know? And, and, and what Aaron's referring to is all the people he wronged when he was a drunk. And you, and what yeah. you do, what you do is, you, eventually there's going to be a point when he may try to make amends if it doesn't harm them. In exactly. some cases, in some cases you don't because you know it will. But uh, if you at least throw it out there, they may at some point reconcile that amongst themselves and be willing to, and there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with them because we've both fucked people up in the past in bad ways. Well, yeah. And the thing is that in general, like what I, what I say about the program too, is, you know, people that aren't addicts could use it the same way in their life. Cause people are pieces of shit and they, you know, they withhold information because nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to get ahead of anything in the right way. I mean, you know, if, if, see someone like Louis, like Louis CK, it's like, you know, the guy, the guy, the only thing that he, you know, that he really could have done that could have helped him and helped the whole situation is because he dealt with all that many years before it came out and kind of got better and got help. If he just sort of said, you know what, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to eat the crow. I'm going to surprise these people and have somebody reach out to them and go, listen, I was a piece of shit and none of this would happen. But instead, you know, we, what we do human beings we try to like cool that that foot hasn't dropped we're good you know and, and it's gonna drop dude it's always gonna drop it comes out in the wash and it's when you least expect it you get blindsided with it so at some point when you try to like okay let's just say hypothetical person has a shit ton of trouble in the past and then says okay now i'm gonna fly straight 
if he hasn't reconciled all that shit, it could come back and wreck everything. Well, yeah, and you know, it's like that dumb show, My Name is Earl or whatever. It's kind of like that. It's like if you really yeah. want if you really want to clean up your shit, one, you just it's you know, just being honest in general, it's a lot easier an easier way to live your life. There's no chaos, there's no drama, but you know, there's things you need to take care of. And and like I said, you know, it's it's not up to us to anyone for the, how the other person reacts to what you say, but it's like for you, it's so it's almost like you still, it's still a selfish thing in a way, but it's like, I have to tell you, this is what I did or what I, what I'm sorry for. And I, I hope that you can take that as a way of some kind of um, resolution, you know, like re get resolved of if it's still bothering you and what can I do? And especially if it's financial, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like this guy's comment. Very little to remember when you don't lie. David Mamet, tell the truth. It's the easiest thing to remember. <laughs> okay, there Let's you go. Yeah, because you, then you don't get caught in a lie. Well, it's just insane, you know, and you never forget when you owe somebody money. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no matter what. And the first thing you do is you bring it up. You see somebody that you owe money. I used to be like that. I There's like that Bronx Tale movie. You'd be like, you'd see the person. They wouldn't even bring it up. You're like, dude, I'm going to get you that 100 bucks. And they're, like, oh. <laughs> they're like, sure, man. Whenever you really are going to do it. Uh, talk to me about your podcast, The Man Child and Yogi. Uh, the Man Child and the Yogi. This is the room. I don't know if you can see it a little bit. I don't know, whatever. There's a, um, it's my wife and I. Um, we haven't done it in a little while because we've been pretty busy, but um, we get on there and mostly we just, we, we shoot the shit and uh, you know, I'm the man child. She's the Yogi. So she, she's sane and I'm insane. That's kind of how that goes. But we talk about everything from recovery uh, to our careers, to um, whatever may be going on um, just in our lives. Is that my cat? That's your dog. <laughs> Oh, is that my dog? Yeah, that is yeah. my dog. <laughs> That's way back in March. Your dog. Yeah. What a chill dog that is wearing oh, glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's got his readers on. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's funny. My wife started her own podcast called All Things Yoga, and it's already got like Patreon members. Because <laughs> she, she's been doing yoga so long, like she has a following. So uh, to be honest, most of the people that listen are um, are uh, are yogis and different people. uh that have followed um, her stuff, and then some, some comedians, and then some fans I have from shows I've done well, in, around the country and whatnot. I don't know what. Oh, you know what that is too? Is uh, a bunch of her yoga stuff goes on that page. Yeah. By the way, and, she just has a look of patient. I, I oh, mean, yeah. she is she is absolutely stunning to me. Oh, thank you so much. I yeah. I, I, I I so uh, uh, can can relate to this. I don't know, just something about women who are patient and have problem child husbands. Like, uh, <laughs> like you know, uh, my my wife has that same thing. She's got this kook husband who's just. I mean, your wife and my wife. I can just. I am instinctually knowing we would they would be pals for life. Yeah, but well, they got to meet for sure. You know, the thing with my wife is like people think that like oh because of the yoga she just was like chosen to be that way she's actually a pistol herself and she needs the like she does the yoga for a reason like so yeah she, so she doesn't snatch somebody's you know yeah throat, you know i mean it's just it's really i need to do it more you know it, 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 it it's definitely helps for sure but uh you know the the podcast needs um we had some people on like i had a guy on that um you know recovered from heroin and homeless and stuff and talking to him about their stories and some of these you know it's it's I thought it was just going to be funny all the time. And it's really not. It's a lot of times it's just really 
really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, any type of content. There's yeah, two yeah. things, funny, compelling. That's it. If it that's is, it. if it's either of those, it can, you can have compelling for two hours. Doesn't matter. Yeah. That's that'll keep them. That's yeah, all I mean, you gotta worry about. Yeah. That, I mean, I swear to God, yeah, because like, you know, I get invited on these comedy podcasts and stuff and I'm like, if it's like six comics, just talking about comedy, I want to throw up. It's just like, who, like, I don't know if anyone gives a shit unless it's somebody big. <laughs> Someone wants to listen to Burr talk about comedy. I mean, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Me? No. Yeah. But there's a lot of those in Chicago, like just a bunch of dudes that live, you know, with six roommates and they got to put a podcast together and they're like talking about some open, you know, it's just like, what is going on? Right on, right on, man. Well, t- uh, this is awesome, man. You've, you've, you've won the room because, and here's why I know that. Uh, first of all, I'm engaged. Second of all, you notice how the, how the uh, comments have, have, have whittled away to nothing. They haven't said shit. Yeah, that's yeah. Be, that's because you won them over. You didn't mute them, right? Is that why? <laughs> no, you I don't. I don't dare. They would kill me if I muted them. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, I'll put them in timeout, but no one's done anything enough gotcha. to warrant. And frankly, you've deserved every bit of it because well, you I, were fucking late. I, I do, I do. <laughs> and if Mark Mark sees in Grand Rapids, tell me you have a free ticket to come out. Come out oh, to the show. Okay. Yeah, Mark C, get with me, and I'll I'll make sure that your name is at the door with Big Dick Don over at Rockford Lane. So yeah. this is what I want everybody to do. You have a Friday night, and you have Don, a sponsor on the show, trying to get back on his feet. It's incredibly important that a packed house sees his shows because then the comics are happy. They come back. You're happy because you're enjoying a great show. You're going out. You're having drinks. You're going to bowl a few frames. Son of a bitch. Uh, Why would you not go to this show? Oh, man, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, uh, please come out to the show. Adam Burke's an amazing comedian as well. Uh, NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Me, I got a guy from Detroit, Diego Atanasio. So it should be a good show. And you can even give Burke shit for ha- not having the wherewithal to wake up because while you were fucked because you were late, he's even worse because he can't wake up. Oh, my God. I, it just would have never worked. It would have been insane. Is it- okay. Uh, All right. I need to look at my schedule because I have something. I am podcasting at 7 p.m. Um, on Friday night. Okay. So, uh, what time you're, are you going to start? What time will you actually take the stage? Do you think uh, I'll probably take the stage at eight fifteen? Ah, shit, I'll still be podcasting then. Still be I do podcasting. A, yeah, I do. I do. I do a Patreon podcast, but uh, 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 there's still no it. reason. There's still no reason why I can't at least try to bust my ass to get out and see the back half of the show or some shit. Well, hopefully, yeah. If you can, let me know and I'll put you on the list too. Okay. Hey, Aaron, thank you so much, buddy. And yeah, uh, again, uh, if, if for those who want to know, check out a, a fun podcast, uh, Manchild and, and the Manchild and the Yogi podcast. Is there a website or anything I need to check out? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my, my uh, website, uh, new one is up. Um, there's two up right now, but go to the one, AaronPutnamLive.com. It's got all my dates all across the country and um, stuff like that. So follow up. Yep. And I'll put all this in the notes of the audio podcast. Okay. So appreciate it so much. Out. I'm so sorry I was late. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening in. Oh, man, you, you did great. You did great. Way to, way to make up for it. You, you fucking fixed it. I'm happy. Uh, all right. I'll call you in an hour and apologize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it, you asshole. All right. All right. Okay. T- tell your wife I said hi. She seems awesome. All right. I will most definitely. Okay. Bye-bye. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. There you go. Okay, now that's how you fucking fix it. It's fucking fixed. That is awesome. I am so happy with that. Putnam hits it out of the park. I, uh, you know, 
honestly, talking in this forum, video podcast, audio podcast, whatever, it uh, it's easier because you know you have no restriction. You have to worry about the fucking radio and all that shit. It's just it just smokes. It just crushes. So all right, uh, you know what I should do? I should start podcasting an hour earlier tomorrow, and then be able to get done so that I can get out there and see Putnam. Okay, I need to reach out to Ben right now. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Text Ben Glaze. What do you want to say? Hey, fuckstick, dot, dot, dot. Can we start pa- uh, podcasting at 6 p.m. tomorrow? Question mark. Your message to Ben says, hey, fuckstick. Can we start a podcast in at 6 p.m. tomorrow? Ready to send it? Yes. Okay, it's sent. Uh, hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Text Ben. What do you want to say? I don't really want to send this. I just want to say nasty words so that that stupid whore, Siri, will call herself a stupid whore. Your message to Ben says, I don't really want to send this. I just want to say nasty words so that that stupid whore, Siri, will call herself a stupid whore. Ready to send it? No. Okay. I won't send it just yet. Let me know when you're ready to continue. I amuse myself by doing that from time to time. Okay, yeah. Okay, that works. Ben says that works. So that, uh, hold on a second. I just talked to my podcast guy. Period. We're going to start at 6 p.m. on the Patreon tomorrow so that I can come see you guys. Period. I will be there. Period. I want everyone else to come too. Period. I'm not I'm going to delete that last line. He's going to say, wait a minute. What are you, what are you telling me that? All right. <sighs> okay. Where am I? I got to pee. I might try to hold it. My policy shop insurance. Thank you, Frank Fuss. Uh, I have a sponsor named Cornhole America. That game is so much fun. And uh, there is a professional cornhole association. And um, they turn to Cornhole America for the expertise to have the best boards in America made. How about that? So, yes, you will pay more for these cornhole boards. But this is what professionals use. You know, they have to slide correctly. They have to have the right bounce to them. They have to be the right height. You can put any design you want on a set of cornhole boards. Okay? It's going to set you back either <clears throat> anywhere from 180 bucks to about 220 180 bucks is going to get you that logo right there. That's the Cornhole America logo. If that's all you want to pay, you don't want to put a customized logo on there, fine. But why, why wouldn't you? You can put any, any, I mean anything onto a set of cornhole boards. Okay? cornholeamerica.com shipped anywhere in the US check them out online cornholeamerica.com uh, the Patreon comes up a little bit later on it's supposed to start at 11 I think it is we shall see uh, I have a uh, gun school 
Prince Arming, 616-204-1705. If you've always wanted to get your concealed pistol license and you are in West Michigan, there's only one place to get this done, Prince Arming. The next class takes place over two Tuesdays, okay? July 27th is a Tuesday. Starts at 5.30. You're going to spend the evening there. You're going to watch a video. You're going to hear from a lawyer. You're going to have range time. You're going to eat some snacks. And then the next Tuesday, that would be one week from then, August 3rd, is the back half of the class. You take a test. You pass. You get your certification. You go to your county. You show them you passed. And then you get your pistol license to carry the carry your pistol concealed. The class costs you one twenty-five. Find out more information at princearming.com or simply call or text retired U.S. Army Major Steve Prince at 616-204-1705. Damn it. I am freaking tired and out of gas, and uh, I got to pee. What do I do? Hmm. All right, I got a little bit more to talk about, but I want to go to the bathroom. So you guys hang there. This is a rare two trips away from the microphone show. The first one was to get a drink of water. The second one is to pee that water out. Okay? So I apologize. But I, I uh, seriously, I need to go to the bathroom. So let me just put this up here. Back in a minute. Got to take a pee. And I'll be back. Okay, hold tight. All right. Enough of that. Yesterday. Okay. I was a little frightened. I had to go and get blood drawn and have a urine test. After the kidney donation, for the next few years, every six months, I need to go have my blood drawn. They need to determine that my kidney, my one is functioning appropriately after the donation. Um, What this does for the people that took the kidney out at UCLA and put it into Jeffrey, it adds to their statistics about success. So they say, will you please go do this? And I had been putting it off. I told you about this, been putting it off and putting it off. And uh, yesterday was finally the day. I was supposed to have this done in June. Simple. Just walk into the place. Draw some blood, take some urine, and that's it. And then it's going to be good news, and then that adds to their pile of success stories. You know, 99% success, uh, it's, it's all part of it. But I've been dreading this because, well, first of all, there's a place called uh, Quest Diagnostics. And these are the place, this is the place you go to take like a urine test when your employer says, you got to go take a drug test or you take a blood test or something like that. That's what they do. And uh, this goes back a year. There's a lady who works at this one place called the Blood Nazi. Okay? And you may remember this story. This was the lady. But when you walk in there, she immediately starts giving you shit and yelling at you. I mean... she's a fucking pistol and she's the type that um, for some reason I wasn't, I don't know, it might have been the meds or something I was on I let her kind of get away with it, I didn't say shit back, I just kind of let her try to intimidate me 
And uh, there's actually, I, I remember, I don't remember the exact details of how I told the story, but I remember as one of my favorite stories to tell was the story of the blood Nazi. That's what I referred to her as. And um, so there's more than one quest diagnostics, but I found a little bit of time on my hands yesterday and I was right by the place where the blood Nazi is. I was like, I, I got to go there. I got to get this done. But I, I mean, I wanted to go to another place to avoid interacting with her. But then I said, well, wait a minute here. Why am I avoiding? Are you that much of a pussy? Uh, go in there and interact with her. And then you're probably going to have a great story. She's not going to let you down, Eric. And you're probably going to get the blood test. No problem. I was worried. I don't know why I was worried. I don't know why I put this off knowing the sheer entertainment level of the blood Nazi. Which, by the way, when I write the book, um, she is going to be a big part of it because that story was absolutely epic when i told it the first time uh in fact i gotta go back and listen to the story to hear how it went before i transcribe it for the book you're like saying what book yeah don't worry it's 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 it'll get there it'll get there don't worry um so i go walking up to quest and i'm looking through the glass and i see this little lady she's a little black lady with a short short haircut uh, not that different and silver. She's older. Uh, it's like a, she's like a female version of Fred Sanford. Okay. If you can picture this. And, uh, Joey says, you're writing a book. Yes. I'm writing a book on the kidney donation. Um, I see her through the glass and I go, okay, here we go. And right away I see what's going to be a problem where the drama is going to come from. There's a sign on the door. It says, you must wear a mask. Quest Diagnostics is uh, whatever. They, they give some litany of reasons. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Well, I don't have one. So what do I do? Shirt over the nose. Shirt over the nose. I open up the door. I got my shirt over the nose. There's a little kiosk where you can put your name in there. I don't know this, but she can uh, she can see me. And I hear, but I don't see her, but I hear the voice. You need a mask. Just I mean, she barks it out like that. It's not, oh, excuse me. She, you don't even see her. You just hear, need a mask. <coughs> and I go, that's her. And uh, I go, all right, well, see where this, let's see where this adventure takes me. I go. Oh, yeah, you do? I go, I got one. <laughs> and she goes, uh-uh, no, you don't. That's a shirt. I'm waiting for her to call me like a fish-eyed fool. Shut up, you fish-eyed fool. Shut up, dummy. And, uh, by the way, Chris says, remember when Eric said he was going to wear a mask everywhere from now on? That was like a month ago. Hey, can I just tell a story and you guys shut the fuck up? Is there any way possible for one fucking minute you can just shut the fuck up and let me tell the fucking story? You heckling fucks. Shit! Shut up! I got one. I got a mask. Uh-uh. No, it's not. That's a shirt. 
you can't come in here until you get a mask. And I go, uh, I go, okay. Can you give me one? This lady is such a ball breaker. I mean, you ever, I mean, I can really appreciate her because nowadays no one would have the nerve to just belt it out the way it is. And I, I can appreciate that with this woman, with the blood Nazi. You, there is no mistaking where you stand with her. And you better not give her any shit. Now, at this point, I haven't really given her any shit. And I don't intend to. Like I said, I appreciate the blood Nazi. I go, well, can I borrow it? Can I have one of yours? She goes, no. <laughs> and I go, she goes, we don't have any. I go, you don't, huh? I go, well, what am I going to do? She goes, I don't know. She's looking at me. We're dead in the eye now. She's like about four foot 11. 95 pounds soaking wet. Her name's Catherine. And uh, I go, well, uh, I go, do you know where I can get one? She goes, she points. Dollar store. Dollar store right across the street. I go, they got masks, huh? She goes, yeah. And she's looking at me. She's like ready to kick my ass. I get, and right away, I'm like, thank God I came here. I cannot wait to tell the audience this story. I go, okay. Now it doesn't end there. I go, all right, I'll be right back. I go walk out to the truck. I'm going to go drive across the street, get, get a mask. I go, you know what? Everybody in America, somewhere in their car, has a mask. I'll bet you there's a mask somewhere in this truck. Sure enough, I find one. I go, awesome. I go walking back in, and I go, Ma'am, I found one. She goes, well, good. Just sit down right there. I got a customer here. Or I've got a patient. And I'm not kidding you. That's how she sounds. Patient leaves. She, Eric! Yeah, and I'm like, I'm a yes, ma'am. I go, yes, ma'am. She goes, come on back. I come back, and uh, there's another lady there who is the number two. She's the... She's the uh, what I go, Catherine's the, the alpha. And uh, this, I give the paperwork to the number two. Now, it turns out the, uh, the number two is having a little bit of an issue about billing. This is, uh, it has something to do with, you know, coding and shit like that and boring stuff. And she has to, it takes a little time for her to figure it out. All the while, um, the lady says, the number two says, uh, you need a urinalysis, and uh, and uh, and, I, and I go, oh, I gotta, I go, do I have to give you my urine? And she goes, yes. And I go, ooh, I had just gone to the bathroom. And Catherine looks at me. She goes, over there. And there's this big. She goes, drink. <laughs> she, she makes me. I go, yes, ma'am. I get up. I fill this thing full of water, and I drink it. And I go to the toilet. She goes, ah, more. I, I go, okay, all right. So I keep, I keep drinking. And uh, until she, I, I finally, for a significant time, several cups of water. And then I, get, I fill another one up and I sit back down and I sip it. I can't drink any more water. This worked out because I ended up being able to pee enough. But I just sat there quietly while number two figured this out. And number two had to make a phone call. And I'm just waiting for Catherine to come around the corner and just say, you can't come here. We can't figure it out. Because she's done that before. So, but that didn't happen. And, uh. Catherine says uh, she starts barking out orders for me to come in. It's time to get to give the blood, and I'm very trying to be as 
calm and collect. I, I do not dare. You don't give shit to a woman who's a ball breaker who's going to take blood out of you. You just don't do it. And I've never given her any shit. I'm, I'm kind of turned on at this point. She's an older black little thing who her, her bossing me around has actually elevated it off the sack a millimeter. It's still a dish rag, but it's more aroused than what it was when I walked in there because I figured out that I like being bossed around by women. I think I revealed a fetish during this engagement. I think that that actually happened. So I, you know, I think I need to approach Diana and say, honey, I think we need to start to do a thing where when it's time for sex, you need to like punch me in the face or something like that or scream at me or call me bad names or something like that. Isn't that uh isn't that dominatrix submission submissive something isn't that what they call that? Did I discover a fetish and then I'm now revealing it right here in the podcast. Is that what that is? I should call Diana and ask her about She's driving to Kentucky right now with the NFK and Mimi. Sorry about all the noise on the mics. Oh, don't even tell me you can't pick it up. Rob says Pooh Bear points will go down. Hello, you have reached Diana's cell phone. Right, probably best. Okay. So Catherine's yelling at me and drawing the blood. Just before I sit down, the door opens. This enormous black man with a beard, Kimbo Slice, comes walking in. And I smile. And I laugh to myself. And I see that Kimbo Slice has no mask on. And I go, he's going to get it. Now, Catherine, I got her eaten out of my hand. She uh, loves me now because I've gone out of my way to, yes, ma'am, okay, sure. I'm just kissing her ass, okay? I'm trying to charm her, and she's actually being very nice to me, okay? I have won her over, okay? And then she turns around. And sees Kimbo slice and goes, can't you read? And he goes, huh? Can't you read? And he, and he looks confused and she goes, the sign. Can't you read the sign? Now he is in immediately intimidated. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's like, ah, and she goes, go back out where you came in, turn around and read. (laughs) And this poor fucker, man, holy shit. I'm like, son of a bitch. This woman is just a ball breaker. The blood Nazi is a legend. Let me give you this advice. If you are in West Michigan, and by the way, um, when I went in and, um, When I went in to uh, in there and she uh, was talking about the mask, she goes, I don't own Quest Diagnostics. 
I just work for him. I can't. And she's explaining to herself, you know, it's not my rule. So she made that all very, very clear. So then she puts Kimbo Slice in his place. Someone wrote John Coffee. Yeah. And uh, and he, I, it was weird. I don't know how this is what this is going to go because by the time I walked out in the lobby, gave the urine, had the blood taken, um, there was a lady standing there who was next in line, had a mask on. Kimbo Slice does not yet have a mask on. And then there was another person with a mask on and a woman with no mask on. I was like, oh, Fuck, man. I almost want to hang out here just to see the... Because Kimbo's not... He's fighting it. He's not going to put on a mask. Oh, shit. This woman is just awesome. So if you are ever needing to have your blood taken, get a urinalysis or whatever it is, drug test, make sure that you go to the Quest Diagnostics on Lake Michigan Drive in beautiful Grand Grand Rapids, Michigan. And don't give her any shit. Just kind of go with it. And just get ready for fun. Okay? I love this woman. Um, hold on a second. I got to answer this text. Actually, I cannot do that tomorrow, period. Sorry about that, period. Unbelievable. The blood Nazi is a legend. Love the blood Nazi. All right. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage invites you to call upon them if you need a mortgage. And it could be no matter what financial boat you are in. A great scenario where you have an awesome credit score. That's fine. Awesome. That's going to be a quick and easy process as it would for anybody. Uh, but Mario, what separates him from the other guys is he takes everyone who even, you know, doesn't have a great credit score. Okay. Uh, Some people, not everybody's even going to be able to get a mortgage, but Mario can help you navigate it so that you can, okay, eventually. Mario's in it for the long haul. Call him at 231-332-6505. Mention the Eric Zane Show podcast, and off you go. Or just click on his logo at ericzaneshow.com. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, NMLS number 3035. And my friends at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, say call upon them when you need your car fixed. Okay? Irvine's.com is their website. If you are in West Michigan or the surrounding areas, you have a trusted source, which means the world to people who need their cars fixed. E-R-V-I-N-E-S. Irvine's.com. Call 616-532-6600 for any Asian, domestic, or European car model. They can take care of you. Excuse me. And fix that car. Great family-owned business. Uh, Jamie, Eric, Megan, and uh, Bruce is kind of like an adopted son or brother. He's awesome, and so are all the uh, great techs there who are constantly being educated uh, to make sure that they have all the necessary skill set to take care of your vehicle. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV, if you have an EV. Did you hear that story about the old Chevy Volts? I wonder if they know about this at Irvine's. I'm sure they do. The old Chevy Volts, General Motors is saying, if you own an older Chevy Volt, don't leave it in your garage. Leave it outside when you charge it because there's a risk that it could start on fire. What? Come on. What do you all think about the possibility that in, what, a decade, we're supposed to have no more combustible motors sold? It's supposed to be all electric vehicles? Do you believe that? 
I don't. I don't believe that that is going to happen. And I'm not sure why it's being talked about now. Is it possibly being talked about to fall in line with the culture about the environment? Could that maybe be it? And then they have no, like no intention of doing that whatsoever. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm not saying that they're bad things. I just cannot picture a world where any new car, any new vehicle sold is not going to be a combustionable combustion gas motor. You know, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. All right. It is time for the asshole of the day. Who is it going to be? Who is going to be the asshole of the day? I talked about fuckhead Brian, bleeding heart Brian. I talked about, I talked about Joe Volk being on the show with me Monday. I talked about uh, the fun we're going to have in Jersey. Cardiff election. Uh, Electric is back in on the show. Wreaking havoc with you all. I still think that's stuttering John, by the way. In fact, Cardiff Electric won the asshole of the day yesterday. Congratulations to you. We talked about Richard Sherman. We talked about Aaron Putnam, who started off as a candidate for asshole of the day and then quickly won favor back. Um, we talked about Adam Burke, a comedian who can't wake up. And then, of course, we talked about the blood, the blood Nazi again, who is not the asshole today. I'll just tell you that right now. I love the blood Nazi. Dirk says me for not wearing a mask to a medical facility. I got a mask and I put it on. So shut the fuck up. Uh, Tyler says snowflake Brian. Melissa says Brian. Chris says Sherman. T.O. says Richard Sherman. Boy, I. This is tough. It's between Bleeding Heart Brian and Richard Sherman. And, you know, you really got to work to be an asshole of the day in the audience, you know. And considering the fact that Richard Sherman, this is his criminal activity. How in the world can Bleeding Heart Brian pull this off? I mean, this guy is, is uh, this, uh, the whole domestic violence of Richard Sherman, and I've always thought that guy's an asshole. So, in my opinion, it says a lot about how much bleeding heart Brian pissed me off with his bullshit comment, uh, winning the asshole of the day over Richard Sherman. That's saying something. You are, you are one of the all-times, in my opinion, asshole of the day. Brian, what the fuck is wrong with you? I still cannot get over the fact yeah, your jokes are funny, but this one's not funny because it, it hit too close to home. What? Ah, absolutely horrible. Congratulations, bleeding heart, Brian. You have one asshole of the day. Thanks to Aaron Putnam for being on the show and fixing it when he was late. Okay. Sherman gets an audible mention, Dean says. Possible. 
Okay, folks, talk to you on the uh, Patreon bonus podcast. Till then, have a good one. Bye-bye. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.